Hello and welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on the game-changing potential of creating human-centric workplaces. I'm your host, Angela Howard, and on this episode, I'm joined by Larry English. Larry is the president of Centric Consulting and the author of Office Optional, How to Build a Connected Culture with Virtual Teams. Centric Consulting has been remote first for nearly two decades and continues to win Distinguished Workplace and Culture Awards, which puts them in a prime position to help other organizations build and successfully sustain hybrid and remote working environments. Our lively discussion examines the evidence that says remote work is here to stay for the modern organization. We also unpack the human impact of flexible and remote work and how organizations can begin to shift their paradigms to generate more engagement, increase retention, increase productivity, and have an edge in the talent marketplace. Hello, Larry. Welcome to Humanly Possible. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. And I, we were just talking earlier, but uh, Centric is uh, close, near and dear to my heart because I've, I've known about you all for a, almost a decade now. So to be able to meet you and really hear a little bit more about the, the company and the evolution of Centric and the work you all have been really, I mean, it's, it's kind of a heavy word, but revolutionizing um, the, the way that people are working around hybrid, remote working, and providing services and specialty and actually transforming and operationalizing that work. I'm just really excited for us to chat today. So uh, I will let you introduce yourself, though. Uh, you are a giant in this space. You're a thought leader when it comes to flexible and hybrid work. So I'm going to pass it to you to just do a quick introduction. <laughs> wow, you are too kind. Uh, so I'll, gosh, I'll try and live up to that. All right. So uh, I'm president and co-founder of Centric Consulting, and we've been around for about 20 years, a little more than 20 years, and we've been a remote company since the beginning. We are a management and technology consulting company, and we have about 1,200 people in 14 U.S. cities and in India. And, uh, you know, early on, we were trying to figure out how to create the best consulting company that had never existed. And one of the ideas that, that we had was we thought our employees could have a better balanced lifestyle if we could be remote. And so we, we've been trying to figure this out for a long time and and we think we've got a lot of it figured out um certainly not everything and happy to talk about all that and then so i kept having to explain to people because it, it would blow people's minds mm. uh, when i would go to talk to an executive they're like wait a minute you win culture awards and you don't have an office i don't how's that even possible so i'm like you know i think this might be the future of work so let's you know let's just get this down on paper and so i i started to write the book and you know my partner's like this is the dumbest idea you've ever had don't do it <laughs> And, what they didn't know <laughs> was, <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I'm getting, I, it was a labor of love, yeah. as you know, from starting to write a yes. book. And I, the only time I could do it was like early in the morning mm. and in the, you know, on weekend mornings because you can't be interrupted. You have to have that train of thought. So anyway, I, I you know, it was a year and a half maybe, and I'm getting ready to publish it and the pandemic happens. And, you know, just completely accidental, right? And it obviously accelerated what I think would have eventually happened anyway. But then everybody wanted to talk about how in the heck do you do this? And so the last year and a half, I've been writing and speaking nonstop on, you know, remote and hybrid work. Yeah, it's just uh, serendipitous. But I think you had something. Uh, I don't think it was by accident. I actually think it's probably, you know, based on individual experience with your team. 
Um, so yeah, I don't think it's by accident. I think he, I think he had something brewing there. <laughs> well, I appreciate. You know, it's funny because we see it today when everybody's surveying employees that have you know been living through remote. They're like, wait a minute, this is awesome. <laughs> I love this. I do not want to go back to the office ever. And so I, you were right. We we've kind of known that secret for a long time, but nobody believed us. Yeah, and I will even tell you, I mentioned I, I've been familiar with you all for about a decade because actually I interviewed with you all. And I remember sitting down with one of your um, your leaders and them talking about how different, like, you know, there wasn't a ton of traveling. It was all remote. It was a very different consulting experience. I was expecting, you know, the, the Big Ten, the Deloitte's of the world and all of that. They're very... Um, I hear a lot of burnout stories, to be honest. So you all caught my eye very early on because of the work-life consideration that you all had even a decade ago. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And that was intentional. And what's interesting is I think this pandemic has caused uh, not only to adopt remote work, but employees have that have had a taste for, I can live my best life mm -hmm. if I have a remote job and my well-being is better. And so I think it's forcing a lot of companies to finally adopt that. And they're, they've kind of caught up to us, you know, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, before we jump in, uh, you know, we know about Larry, the uh, president co-founder. Co we know a little bit about the work you do. But tell us what makes you human. What What's your human experience? Well, so the the personal side of it. I'll start with there. It's been, I've been married 28 years and I have four boys and we are an adventurous family. So we love to travel. My wife and I have backpacked around the world. And so we had that bug uh, from early on. And then when we started to have kids, we just took them with us. And so it. they've gotten to go a lot of places, but it's kind of bad now because they're so used to adventure that if, you know, if the trip, it doesn't involve some sort of chance of death. They're like, this is boring. We're not going, like, you know, we're out. Safe stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then the other um, fun thing to talk about what makes me human is I just completed a, uh, it was an online course called 45 days to awakening. And it's, uh, it's this, uh, Harvard or, uh, Stanford PhD. They've done this tons of research of what the best techniques, the best practices that help people get to fundamental well-being, and kind of define that as kind of always being at peace. And I just completed that course and it was, uh, I would say it was transformational for me, but a couple of the cool things that relate to what you're asking is, you know, one of the techniques is there is projecting love on each person because we're all connected. We're all in this together. And the, the other thing that you do is everybody you're encountering, you're wishing for them to live their best life. I love it. And so it, you know, that is the human condition. What could be better than that? Oh, and it's, it's so connected to, I think your philosophy around business uh, it, it seeps into the legacy you're you're leading, and so you know, really, just want to hear uh, from you when it comes to first of all trends, right? So if you look at you know 20 years ago when you had this idea compared to now, what are some of the the main themes or, or trends that you're seeing around flexible work, hybrid work, and what's changed over the last two decades? Ooh. Well, I would do up until kind of COVID and then I will do after that because what I would, after that, it's evolving really fast and almost every month it's changing. But up to that, it was, we could start to see the tools and the technology were getting better and better. And we could start to see clients were getting a little bit more accepting of remote work. Uh, the, you know, there was more, okay, I can trust, I, I can trust them to get this done. And then quite frankly, they just didn't have enough space and they couldn't find enough people to get stuff done. They're like, okay, we'll try it. And so we could start to see 
if the pandemic hadn't happened, I think, uh, who knows, it might have never happened this great, um, or it may have. Ta- I think it would have taken ten or twenty years mm-hmm. to get to where we are today. So it accelerated that because it, it forced companies that that were just dragging their feet and trying to, you know, all the concerns that they have. And then you've obviously seen it explode. And so the trends that are today. So there was what we saw during, we saw a few early adopters during the pandemic. They're like, this is great. We're all in, Mm -hmm. but most people are, you know, they're kind of fence setting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and now what we started to see though, is like we were talking about before employees love it. And if enough companies started to offer it, companies were going to go where they could get that. And so we thought what would happen is companies would be forced to adopt this now. And that's exactly what is playing out. McKinsey just did a study and nine out of 10 companies are going to adopt a hybrid model. And the companies that we work with where the, you know, the C-suite is reluctant to do it. They're losing people. We had one client, they lost their one technology team the next week. As soon as they said, you're coming back in the office, they're like, no, we're not. And so they, they, you know, they're like, Hey, can you talk to us about this again? And so I, I think it's it's going to be a better world. I think people live better lives. It has huge implications on real estate and cities and taxes and uh, all kinds of things. But that is very. I think that it's no longer a question uh, if it's going to happen. I think we are past the tipping point, and we're going to adopt this you know remote remote model. Yeah, I I, I would agree with you, and you know that the thing that comes to mind for me because, you know, I've been tracking this. Uh, I, I've worked for organizations that were hybrid way before COVID. And so I was kind of in a similar spot. I think this is not a new concept, but it's really becoming a paradigm shift for the world of work versus like only, you know, a few people who really got it. were doing it now. It's like we, we all have to work towards this paradigm. So, so my question is when it comes to remote work, how, uh, what's your perspective on losing culture? Because when I talk to a lot of executives, I hear that's, that seems to be the biggest block or barrier when it comes to remote work or hybrid work. There's a sense of office culture is culture. And if we aren't there, we're losing it. So what, what's your perspective on that? (laughs) So, uh, that's why I wrote the book is because nobody believed me that you could have an amazing culture and not have office space. So, you know, we're proof that you can be highly distributed with a lot of people and have an amazing culture. We win lots of awards um, for our culture and our, you know, our internal place at our turnover is very low um, and people love it there. But what I would say is the, the, in a sense, the executive is right. You can't do culture the way you were doing it if you were on premise. It, there are different techniques that you have to use but you can have that same great culture. And that's what the book is all about is, okay, uh, it is a how-to guide. If you want to be remote and you wanna have a great culture, here are all the things that you have to do. And it is uh, people, process, and technology. So having great technology that lets you work asynchronously and uh, interact in the right way. Um, changing, uh, we train our leaders on how to build relationships and lead uh, in a virtual workforce, which the tactics are different. And then it starts with um, people. It starts with a base level of trust uh, and and making it okay for people to live their best life and uh, trust them that they're going to do their best work. So you put all that stuff together and we've kind of developed all, we've overlaid all the techniques that you need to do to have a great culture. Does anything get lost with with the lack of live interaction between people. Are you, I mean, because my biggest um, project right now is doing like empirical research. Like I really wanna know 
is there is there data that tells us that something is lost with a you know a distributed workforce? Uh, I have an idea of what you're going to say, but I would love to hear like some of the maybe research or background that has has told you that culture is possible even in a, in a distributed workforce. Sure. Uh, let's see. So one the one place I would start is what we learned is face to face does not go away if you're a remote company. It there's something to your to your question that can't be replicated when you are face to face. There is an energy, a connection, and it it reinforces the relationships that you've made virtually. And it, it we see it um, when we get everybody. So in the US, we get every the whole company together three times a year in person. And I would say the formula for that is 25% of it might be business related. 75% about it is just connecting with each other, you know, building your network and having shared experience together. Those, so we know that you, that is, the, and so you can, you can sort of feel the energy drop a little bit in between those meetings. And so you have to do that. And then within our cities, we actually have a whole, um, process that we use where we overlay when we get together, even though we don't have office space. And, and so it could be one individual team that's meeting for a happy hour. Or could you be, you're meeting with your coach face to face. So you can see that we still, even though we're remote, we, we get together. Uh, there, there's incre because this happened, the volume of research has really started to increase. And there's really interesting stuff. For example, there was one, the other one right after culture is innovation can't happen. Mm -hmm. In, in a remote environment. And we won one of the fast companies, top um, 100 employers to work for that are innovative employers to work for. So we know it can happen, but you have to do things differently. But there's some research that just came out that actually said teams that are remote uh, actually innovate better than ones that are in person. And the, the, there's a number of takeaways from it, but one of them is in person, the extroverts tend to dominate the conversation and the introverts get kind of shut out, but it's a level playing field when you are in a more asynchronous remote environment and all ideas can be shared, even the introverts. So I think you're going to see more and more research prove out what, what I know to be true because we've been living it is it, it works. Interesting. Yeah. I, I love, um, I love the level playing field. And I think there's also something to say about general diversity, uh, diversity of thoughts, diversity of the way we learn, um, but also just diversity when it comes to you know women and um, people of color especially. I, I, there was some research that uh, came out, and I can't remember the source, but um, they were talking about the fact that when they surveyed folks about who's like the most excited to get back to the office, it was um, white males, and yeah. you know women and people of color were saying, "No, I this this moment in time, I feel like I belong the most." because I'm able to do things on my terms and in a flexible way. Yeah, I think it will help diversity and inclusion. One of our clients was a great, one of their data points was uh, that uh, I, uh, there were, people said that they experienced less microaggressions online than they did when they were in the office, mm -hmm. which is fascinating, which, you know, points to an under, more underlying problem. But I'm I'm very hopeful that this will improve diversity and inclusion. And uh, certainly uh, people that 
have a disability, this also makes it much easier for them to participate in the workforce as well. And economically, right? So now you can, from a geography perspective, you can work in Silicon Valley and live in Ohio. (laughs) So it just levels the playing field. Um, yeah. Well, Mark Andreessen, who he's the guy that started Netscape and he has the big venture fund. He said this is more profound. Remote work is more profound of an impact than the Internet because it has the potential to unlock and make economic prosperity for everybody in the world. Yes. You know, it's no longer a geography lottery, uh, but it can take. So I, I'm very hopeful of what this could do. So what do you think about organizations? I've been seeing kind of a wave of organizations that are kind of extending remote work indefinitely. I think Google recently announced that. Um, There were some others that recently announced that. But there are some that I'm starting to notice are making people come back to the office. So either like a few days a week or for five days a week. What are the implications of that? (laughs) <laughs> you're going to lose your best talent. Is <laughs> Don't do it, please. So it's so funny. I, I We work with a lot of really fortune, mm-hmm. you know, 100 clients, fortune 500 clients. And one, you know, one CEOs, they're, they're offering all kinds of um, uh, temptation, <laughs> like awards and cash prizes. And they're like, why is nobody coming back in? We don't understand. Like, this is very, I can explain it to you. It's very easy. So I, if if people are fighting it, I, we I try to. I'm like, look, this is this is over. If you want to, if if you want to not lose employees and you want to start to move to the next um, next wave of work, please embrace this because you you will absolutely. We've seen we've worked with so many clients where I, this story plays out. I see this movie repeat, 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 where the CEO is like, nope, we're doing it, we're coming back in. Um, they don't listen to the HR data. Um, because they're pulling their employees and it's somewhere around 5% want to come into the office five days a week. Mm. The other one that they try to do is be very prescriptive about, okay, it's these, everybody has to come in these three days. That also doesn't get to true remote work and people don't like that. And, and so right now where it is so easy for people to move jobs because the economy is so good, you want to be on the leading edge of being a place, an employer of choice where people want to work. Yeah, no, that, that, that's great perspective. And, you know, I know it's challenging for some organizations. Like, for example, uh, I'm working with an organization that has knowledge workers, but also uh, manufacturing, you know, production workers. So what are your thoughts about those mixed workforces that may have a group of people who have to come in physically but also have knowledge workers who could work from home. How do you level the playing field with the work-life balance and, and the wellness element of remote work? Yeah, this, there's a number of areas to talk about there. Uh, so let's take, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, healthcare as an example, where obviously a decent amount of that needs to be done. The care needs to be done in person, but the back office administrative work does not. And so what we're seeing is because hospitals want to be cost competitive, they're actually getting rid of all their corporate space. And all of those people are going to work remotely because there's good cost savings. But there, there, isn't, a, there isn't a sense of 
organizational animosity because of have and have nots. The care providers like this is what I was, this is what I love to do, and I want to be in person, and I want to do that, and the and I understand that this is the best way that they're helping their organization by working remotely. And so I I have not seen that. And the other interesting thing is even within the care provider, virtual work is uh, is starting and virtual care is starting to take off. So you're going to see because it's, it's more cost effective and the outcomes are way better if you can get people out of the hospital. So you're, you know, people love to do telehealth visits and the equipment's becoming, the technology's becoming better and better so that people can uh, recover at home and they can be monitored. And so you're gonna see, and physicians that were very reluctant to do this, love it. So I think you'll see that across all, all industries. Now, you know, certainly manufacturing, it makes it harder, but what we've done in some cases with some companies with teams is we've been able to look at the the body of work and maybe redesign the work so that you can give people occasional time to work remotely for some tasks and so that you can provide some benefit to that. So there are ways that this will get figured out and ways around that. Yeah, no, that's um you know, the other piece, which could probably be another podcast episode, but, you know, I've been talking to a lot of folks, obviously through the podcast around the future of work. And uh, one of my guests was talking about this idea of, um, you know, knowledge working and um, soft skills being so crucial. I mean, we know obviously in, in, in day-to-day business life, but because we're actually probably moving away from wage, wage work and people just, aren't going to want to do that work at some point <laughs> because oftentimes those are the roles where you know you know you t- you think about the um, the waitress or the waiter or the production worker doing monotonous work all day uh, eventually those are going to phase out with AI and there's a big technology element I think that's going to eventually take over we're gonna have to do some upskilling uh, when it comes to this new wave of work I couldn't agree more and uh, it's you worry that it will cause a bigger gap in disparity. And so one of the things I've done, all the proceeds from the book I've donated to helping improve the digital divide. And there's a charity out of St. Louis called Launch Code. And what they do is they help bridge the digital divide. So they take people from the jobs that you were talking about and train them to be technologists and coders and then help them get an apprenticeship. So I I think there are ways to solve for this, but it, it, you know, requires uh, cooperation of business and education and and, um, private sector nonprofit. Yeah, I I think it's a really important step. Um, You know, you you can talk about the the skill divide and uh, you know, the, the, the skill gap, but we have to fill it. <laughs> We've got to find a way to fill it. So, um, Larry, I, I just want to close with, first of all, a huge thank you to you. I mean, you bring such knowledge. And like I said, I think you were ahead of, the, ahead of our time. And um, what, if we could just close with maybe just a message to executives, business owners, folks who are making the decisions around hybrid work, remote work, what what are your closing words? I know, no pressure. <laughs> I, would plead, I would plead with them to please believe me, please adopt remote work because it is the way of the future. Uh, so what I would, so if you think about it from, so not just taking my plea, but there's actually, there's an ROI to this and there's a business reason why you'd want to do this. And so there's actually studies that have been done. And if you are trusting your employees, they're going to be happier and they're going to take better care of your customers and it's going to lead to better ROI. 
And what we know from all of the data is that employees much prefer working in a remote world. And so this is the, the new wave um, that how everybody's going to work. And you're going to have happier employees that, that stay with you so that your business does better if you can help them learn to do this. And then the final thing that I would say is all the things that are important to a business leader's business, like culture and innovation and productivity, they can be just as good and most likely better with a remote or a hybrid workforce. So uh, please, please, please uh, get, get on the train. Love it. Well, Larry, um, remind us the name of your book. We'll make sure to put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's Office Optional, How to Build a Connected Culture with Virtual Teams. Perfect. And you can find me at LarryEnglish.net. Wonderful. Yeah, we'll make sure to link up all your information so folks know where to find you. And Larry, just thank you for sharing your insight and your knowledge today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was so fun. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Humanly Possible Future of Work Conversations podcast. We're so grateful that you're here and support from our listeners like you means the world and it ensures that we can continue to bring you timely topics and influential guests. If you're interested in supporting the podcast further, please subscribe, share it with your friends and leave a review. Keep changing the world and we'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.